0: Final hour, that happened fast. How are we living, beautiful people? Welcome in here on 104.5 The Zone. We're pleased to have you with us up until 1 o'clock when Blaine and Mickey will take over. You guys want to get involved in this last hour. This is your, well, not your final opportunity. You'll have a couple more. Well, not really, because Cam Wolf of the Film Network is going to be here. So if you want to jump in, now's your chance. (laughs) 615-737-1045 is how you join the conversation. Opinions on Cam Newton getting cut today. Do you want him as the Titans backup quarterback? If you say you do, I'm going to slam my head into the console and you can all watch and laugh at me on Zone TV, which is on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and Twitch. We welcome your participation all over the place. Uh, And I'm looking forward to having Cam Wolf, the other Cam, here with us. Well, no, the real Cam, because one Cam is employed and the other is not. Too soon? Cam Wolf will fill us. That was such a late reaction. <laughs> Cadence chemistry. I let you have seven minutes alone with a high school fo- uh, running back, and now this is this is where we go. Now you're just gonna now you're just gonna completely derail the show. Yes. Okay. Very sure. good. sure.
1: <laughs>
0: why? Why are you like this?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All I'm trying to do is let you shine. And instead you do, you see, you completely turn the table, sabotage me. See, we've already shaved off half the segment. Oh my God, Lucas Panzeca. I don't know if, I don't know if he helps more as much as he hurts. Debatable. Speaking of helping themselves, Dylan Raiden's has not necessarily helped himself stake a claim to the starting right tackle position. So much so that when we spoke to the head coach, Mike Vrabel, yesterday, Mike was talking about how that competition is still very much open. But see if you can hear in this audio the one name that he leaves out.
2: You know, there's been some moving parts there, Jim. I think that, uh, you know, we have some time. And I think that it's uh, still a competition. You know, we we want to try to find the, the best guy uh, to play over there. Uh, Ty's been working his way back. Quiz has been, you know, in there consistently, and then and then Kendall, you know, just has been, you know, obviously working his way back in just recently. So, you know, I think that that's probably going to go a little bit longer, um, and and we'll make sure that they're all given the opportunity, and also, you know, figuring out what's going to be best, you know, for for the rotation uh, for the season, and then where the other pieces fall.
0: All given the opportunity, except did you spot the missing name? Ty Sambrello, Kendall Lamb, David Questenberry, but no Dylan Radins. No mention of the second round pick. So, you know, obviously I heard that in the middle of the press conference yesterday and I had to ask the follow up. Well, what about Dylan Radins? And this was the Titans head coach.
2: Yeah, no, I'm mean, at just, you know, I think where that competition is, it's going to probably fall on one of those three guys and Dylan's going to continue to work and, um, Have to get better, and and he has. There's been, you know, improvement since since training camp and each game, and you know. But it's there's a lot of things that go into that, and playing a guard and playing a tackle, having that ability to do both of those, um, can be a real positive one. And you know where 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 guys are each week, where we need him to be, uh, it would be nice that he can play multiple positions.
0: That's Mike Vrabel talking about Dylan Radens, who is not in the competition to be the Titans starting right tackle as the rookie second round pick. I here's what I'll say cuz I feel like a lot of people are uh, a lot of people are very anxious about Titans rookies just on principle based on the last year that you've experienced. Rightfully so by the way. You're dealing with a first round pick this season that is still learning the position of corner and by most accounts is not ready. To be out there come week one. They've got 12 days until kickoff, so maybe he makes some kind of stride. But right now, I wouldn't anticipate Caleb Farley being in the starting rotation. You look at Elijah Molden as a third-round pick, who I do believe is going to be in your starting, uh, your starting slot corner if all things continue to go the way that they have been. So you're seeing impact there. But you would like to see Dylan Raidens, particularly at this right tackle spot, because this is something that they haven't gotten right since Jack Conklin left. And... And I don't want to dismiss Dennis Kelly, who is a good vet and a great swing tackle, and a obviously a good enough option to help them rush for two thousand yards as an offense last year and keep Ryan Tannehill upright and hold things together. But there was Dennis was never a long term solution, even as he he may have thought he was, and certainly the contract that they signed him to may have led fans to believe that he was viewed as a more long-term piece. Turns out they cut him a year to the day that they signed him. And since then, it's been a, it's been, I mean, well, not since then, because Isaiah Wilson was obviously on the roster last year too. Sometimes, not really, between the COVID list and just being sent away for week 17 because they're trying to win a football game. They don't need a, uh, they don't need The distraction of their first round pick who just has no interest in playing professional football. But Dylan Raiden's not being in this competition kind of calls back to some of the calls that we were getting earlier, right? About John Robinson and his draft record. There's only so many times, and it's not like I don't think, I don't consider this to be a miss, but I do look at this and say, okay, you know, I am willing to be patient with rookies. But at a certain point, every other NFL team has an expectation, as does this one, that their rookies need to contribute. This is a team that so far it is trending towards the vast majority of the last two years draft picks are not going to be able to make legitimate impact right out of the gate or in year two. Christian Fulton, I would expect to be the starter opposite Jackrabbit Jenkins. In the absence of Caleb Farley, until such time as Caleb Farley returns, there may be a time when Dylan Radins starts a game at right tackle due to injury or, or guard, because we know that Roger Saffold has had battles with uh, battles with things that have creeped up on him or crept up on him as the, uh, as the team went down the stretch last year that I thought he did well to fight through, but there were, there were some games where he missed some time. It's Not out of the realm of possibility. Maybe this is ultimately just setting up Rayden's to replace somebody at guard or potentially left tackle if the contract of Taylor Lewan is such that they end up shopping him around next season, which I think is entirely possible given how the finances are shaping up for 2022. They've moved the money around to make this year work. So where where is Dylan Raiden's role? Well, right now it's on the bench. And I guess – I at a certain point your expectations from this rookie class and really from the general manager and the scouting staff that brings these rookies in you start to look at this a little side-eyed you want to be understanding of a guy who's only played you know small amounts of football your first and your second round pick for all intents and purposes did not play football in 2019 and the one game that raiden the one game between them that dylan raiden's did play was in the F, was at the FCS level at North Dakota State, and in the words of the great Greg Cosell, it basically looked like a scrimmage out there. And also, this player has, has exclusively played left tackle in his career. Now you're asking him to play right and also guard from time to time. So there's going to be a learning curve, but I think you can you can be understanding of that. You can have some grace about that and also be like, yeah, but at some point, get your bleep together. That's kind of where I'm trending, or at least where my opinion is trending, of these Titans rookies and the lack of impact that a lot of them are having right now. I can't, I can't blame guys for getting injured, but I can still look at Darrington Evans and be like, okay, you know, at some point, there's nothing more important than the availability, and you are not available, so how how helpful can you be? And the answer so far, through a year and a preseason, is not very. Isaiah Wilson, we we know the we know the situation. We'll find out what, what we what more we can learn about last year's rookies as well. I think there's strides you can expect guys like Tier Tart, Christian Fulton, Laurel Murchison, guys like this to make. But I, I do understand the impatience, even as I want to be I want to, you know, let these guys kind of grow and develop on their set paths. It's not an immediate need, but it is something that, you know, you keep in the back of your mind as you move forward. We'll come back. We will talk with Cam Wolf of the NFL Network. We'll talk to him about this Cam Newton situation, what's happening with Deshaun Watson and the Miami Dolphins and a lot of other stuff going around the league right now. That's next. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back here on one Oh four, five, the zone here with you until one o'clock, a lot of movement in the NFL today, roster cut down day. So we go to one of the hardest working men in NFL media. I can't keep track. Every time I check his Twitter handle, he's advanced up the ranks. He is Cameron Wolf of the NFL network. Good buddy uh, of ours. And certainly well-known to Titans fans. My brother, what's going on?
3: Buck, what's going on? My guy.
0: Not much. We're just trying to, you know, just trying to make sure the roster reaper doesn't come for us like he has for every other player on the fringes today. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, he he got Cam Newton first, it seems. I guess let's start there, given that the team that you so closely cover, the Miami Dolphins, is uh, they will face the Patriots in week one. What was the reaction down there in Miami to this news that Cam Newton had been cut? Yeah, he
3: actually got cut maybe five or ten minutes before we walked into Brian Flores' press conference. And so we walked in there, and that was one of our first questions, of course. And, you know, he said all the right things. He, he said, you know, he, he respects Cam as a player. Uh, he also noted that he spent time with Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl. And he essentially said, hey, if, if, if it's a good enough decision and for, for Bill Belichick and, and Josh McDaniels, then – then I, he's got my respect too. So they just started prepping for week one, so I'm sure they've got their guys in the back now scrambling to to figure out what they want to do to prep for Mac. Um, but with this team, they're, they're usually ready for everything, so I don't think there was a huge surprise uh, from their perspective here in Miami.
0: You spent a ton of time, obviously, in the AFC East. Cam, I I look at him, and I, I know what Cam Newton has been over the course of his career, and I've also watched him of light and And just seeing him fade from the peak of his powers do you do you think that they made the right decision though in just outright cutting him uh, and going with somebody else to back up mac Jones
3: yeah I think if you look at their situation and if Mac Jones is your guy, and if they decided that, then it makes total sense. you know Cam never struck me as a guy who fits well in a backup role, yeah you know one he has such a unique skill set and it's nothing really like Mac. so now if you're going to build the offense around Mac you know Cam's not the quintessential backup for Mac. And you've also got a guy who has been a league MVP. How is he going to adjust to being a backup? You know, there's there's the element of him, you know, not being vaccinated. Is he a guy that you can rely on, you know, week in and week out? There's just so many, um, you know, question marks that come up with Cam as a backup um, now. So, you know, obviously he's more talented than Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham, whoever else they're going with their backup. But as, as we've known a lot in this league, Backup quarterback is not really about who's the most talented. It's who's the best fit for your offense and for your starter. So once I think it became clear he wasn't the guy, it made sense for
0: me for them to let him go. Do you think that he finds a role somewhere else in the NFL, given how bad the market was for him a year ago?
3: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think it's up to Cam, honestly. You know, I don't think there's another starting job out here waiting for him and not even really a compete for a starting job out here. You know, maybe Houston's the only team, um, but it seems like they've you know, they're kinda of tied in on going with Tyrod Taylor there. Um, but there's not really another team out there that I see where Cam could come in and, and compete for a job. So is he willing to take a backup job, you know, or is he just gonna kind of wait it out? I think that's a Cam question. I think there would be teams that would take him as a backup. You know, Dallas makes a lot of sense to me, um, if he was willing to do that, but Cam's gotta be willing to go down that road.
0: I I wouldn't wish going to Houston on my worst enemy right now, given what the what kind of mess is down <laughs> there. Unbelievable. But but to that to that point, Cameron Wolf of the NFL network here with us on one oh four five the zone at Cameron Wolf is where you can follow him, of course Wolf with an E at the end. What what's happening with Deshaun Watson and the Miami Dolphins? What I know that Ian Rappaport <laughs> your colleague has said that they, they do not expect him or he does not expect him to be traded at this 3 p.m. Central uh, deadline. But is that is that something that they've actually explored? Yeah, I,
3: I think they've always had interest. They've always kind of you know kept an eye on it. But everything that I've heard is that they're going through their process of, of having Tua be their starting quarterback. And uh, I, I don't think that that'll change going into the season. I know a lot of times it'll pop up from time to time where – a team, you know, is interested or the front runner, or things will change. I don't know that anything's changed from the Dolphins' perspective. They they have maybe an idea of what they'd be willing to spend, and I don't think it's anywhere near what the Texans want. So as of now, I think that you're going to see things go status quo where the Texans hold on to Deshaun Watson and two of the Dolphins' starter, you know, going into week one.
0: Uh, As we sit here, by the way, Jordan Schultz is reporting that the Cowboys are going to explore the possibility of Cam Newton as a potential backup for Dak Prescott. So that will be something a storyline to follow as we get closer and closer to this NFL season. So with Tua Tonga Valoa down there, Cam, I I wonder what what is the what is the tenor around him as the leader of this football team in Miami right now? Because he's obviously a fascination for SEC fans. He comes out last year, and and Ryan Fitzpatrick plays probably the best football. That we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick play, and yet Tua ends up in the starting role, and and you know has a has a bit of a learning curve. What is the expectation of him in year two? Sounds like we may have lost Cam. We'll see if we can't. Read Sorry, him. I got you. Okay, I got you there. Good. You got it. Go <laughs> ahead.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think that you look at Tua, and this is a, a big year two jump for him. Um, This is a guy that, you know, has spent a lot of time this offseason really kind of working on getting better as a quarterback, improving his accuracy, um, improving his rhythm with the guys there. And the biggest thing that I've heard from guys here is he has a stronger command of the offense. You know, you hear him trying to be more of a leader. There was one time here in camp where I saw him pull aside uh, one of the offensive linemen, and, uh, you know, he he was talking to him off the huddle after he struggled to make a play. So that's something that, as a leader, that you want, Um, you want to see from your your starting quarterback. So I'm sure this Deshaun Watson stuff doesn't, you know, it's not his favorite thing to hear, but I think he's trying to handle it the best way he can and and try to be the leader of the team.
0: Were you surprised to hear him straight up admit last year or maybe after the season concluded that he was, you know, still kind of learning the playbook? I, I No, no, I, don't, I wasn't super shocked. I think the thing with the young
3: quarterback, he probably hasn't learned yet what exactly to say and what exactly not to say to the media. Um, I think that's something where he was just probably being a little too honest, and I think honestly it was some of him probably trying to deflect some blame uh, away from maybe the offensive play caller and kind of what the scheme was last year and deflecting on himself. So I think if he probably had to do that over again, he probably wouldn't say exactly what he did. But, but I think it was a combination of things for him. I think that he was a young quarterback and it was, it was a lot coming to him fast and he probably didn't have the best grasp of it. Um, but I also think that the, they had a lot of, uh, uh, training wheels on him when he came in the game compared to Ryan Fitzpatrick and they, they really didn't let him lose. So I think now they have a new OC, really two new OCs and the idea for them is to let him be a little bit more himself, hopefully be more of an RPO quarterback, a guy who can, um, you know, get the ball out of his hands quickly to, to his playmakers. And then they got him a couple guys who are really speedy um, and can make plays in the open field with Jay Waddle and Wolf Fuller. So I think that you're going to see a better tour this year. Um, you know, everything that I've seen in camp makes me believe that he's, he's an improved guy from what we saw last time he touched the field.
0: Cameron Wolf of the NFL Network here with us on 104.5 The Zone. I hate I hate that we do that, Cam, as media. Being myself a media vulture, I hate that the quarterbacks can't be honest with us that way without us all like feasting <laughs> on the quote. It drives me crazy.
3: Yeah, I love the quotes, and it's like, oh man, I was going to be on uh, ESPN and NFL Network for for a week straight. Uh, you know, Tua doesn't know what he's know what he's doing. He doesn't know the playbook. Uh, so that stuff is always the, the double edged sword. Double edged sword. And then I see players retreat, and I, I know why. So it's it's a part of our business. We got to talk about it, and then then they go they go in their shell.
0: What a shame. <laughs> Uh, so you spent some time down there in Jacksonville, uh, with with the uh, the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, of course, Gardner Minshew now traded to Philadelphia. What? Why? why Cam? Were you able to get a sense? I know that you're you're jumping from market to market now, but were you able to get a sense of why Urban Meyer stuck with splitting reps between those two for so long? That was something to me that I was just looking at from afar. And scratching my head because, I mean, they they had to know that this man was going to start in week one.
3: Oh, man, it seems silly to me, too. Um, I I know they were, the, the answer that I got when I talked to people in that building was he wanted Trevor Lawrence to truly compete for the job. But I don't know who he was trying to fool. You know, maybe it was a motivation tactic for Trevor. But everybody there knew that Trevor was the better quarterback. He was more talented. And it was just a matter of time. So I think that they wasted reps, you know, kind of, you know, trying to play with that. But. His first year for him, NFL head coach, he's learned how to do things here. And, uh, you know, I don't know how this is going to work out. Maybe maybe it just ends up being nothing. But to me, that was a head scratcher. Trevor Lawrence, your number one overall pick. Gardner Minshew was never going to beat him out to be your week one
0: starter. Cam Wolf of the NFL Network here with us on 104.5 The Zone. Last question for you on the way out the door, Cam, and I appreciate you taking some time because I know you're busy. Uh, what's your favorite pizza at Slim and Huskies?
1: You said what? Say that again?
0: I said, what's your favorite pizza at Slim and Huskies?"
3: Oh, man, I, I usually create my own, man. I, I usually <laughs> do, like, it Just depends on what I'm feeling that day. I might do, you know, if I'm feeling a little spicy, I might get, you know, get one of the spicy sauces and do something with, you know, the pepperoni base and some sausage and uh, throw some green peppers on there. If I'm, if I'm feeling a little, you know, exotic, I throw some shrimp on there on a, on a white piece of sauce. Um, I just like that I can mix it up. From day to day, so that that's a cool element for me. So I like the, dogs, the Titans were able to put that in your stadium, and uh, I can't wait to get out there and check it out.
0: Well, we're looking forward to having you back, and I appreciate you taking some time, man. I know how uh, I know how hectic your schedule is right now, and again, I know we've texted about this, but congratulations. On all your success, I'm absolutely. Very Looking
3: for forward you. to seeing you guys, and I guess I can tell you guys just because you're my guy, But I'll be out there to see you guys week one. That's going to be my week Ooh. one assignment. So maybe we'll hop back on here week one and talk a little bit more.
0: Maybe we'll uh, have you in studio, be like the old days. We'll get after it. <laughs> Love yeah, see we'll you. see. We might be able to make a shake. So, <laughs> all right, <laughs> take it easy. At Cameron Wolf is where you can follow him, Cam Wolf of the NFL uh, NFL Network. He's been absolutely tearing it up. Man is a uh, man is like Dogecoin. Straight to the moon. There's a lot of a lot of good information there about what's happening around the league. Particularly, I know we talked a lot about the quarterbacks. But it's not something that I had considered. Because initially my thought process with Cam Newton, because Cam Newton's the biggest story in, in probably sports today, uh, certainly in the NFL, I guess I didn't initially understand or hadn't thought it through enough to think, okay, why... Why not just keep Cam as the backup? What what does it harm? But then you forget, you forget the humanity of it, right? You forget who Cam Newton is, who Cam Newton has been in his life, uh, national champion, Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, wait, Cam won a Heisman, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, in they Auburn, um, right. that was one of the most dominant single seasons of college football I've ever seen.
0: I mean, uh, just a just a shooting star across the sky. Even though, God forbid, you put a scam Newton jersey on Bear Bryant roll damn tide (laughs) poison those damn trees
1: (laughs) and remember his entry to the league i mean he broke records right out the gate oh he was passing yards in the first game as a rookie no he he was a, a
0: for where the position is okay cam newton was the first evolution of this where we're seeing these freakish athletes no longer just playing skill positions now they're quarterbacks too Cam was the first one of these guys. Well, I mean, I guess there have been, there's been evolution over the course of time in the NFL, whether you're looking at a guy like, for example, Steve Young and how he kind of changed the game a little bit with his mobility and his ability to make plays from the pocket and as a passer. Then you go to a guy like Mike Vick, who is as incredible a thing as we've ever seen on a field of play. But the accuracy is sometimes in question. There's been this evolution, and across all sports, right? It's how you look up and all of a sudden there's a seven-footer shooting from, shooting from range because Kevin Durant can do that now, and you, there's just simply no way to guard him. The biggest knock on Giannis Atetokounmpo is that he can't, and we expect him to be able to play at his size like Kevin Durant, right? All sports have gone through this evolution.
1: But even Mike Vick evolved into more of a pro style passer late in his career, right? Well, he had to. Yeah, not so relying on it, but he did it well. He made a Pro Bowl. Yeah, that's he, the difference with Cam Newton,
0: right? Well, and Cam Cam's injuries because Vic had injuries too, but Cam's have derailed him more substantially than I think we than any any that we've seen as of late. Now, also factoring into this is we don't know because Cam never really talked about it in a way that Miles Garrett talked about it and Jason Tatum has talked about it. Cam changed, or Cam's performance drastically dropped off after his first stint on the COVID list. And I don't know, again, I'm not going to attribute anything to that that Cam Newton would not attribute himself. He clearly didn't think it was worth getting the vaccine, which is why the staff in New England was pissed at him because he had to miss five days. Uh, choosing not to get vaccinated and didn't follow the protocols to the letter of the law, which you absolutely have to right now if you're going to be in one of these positions, especially that organization, right? So more than anything, more than anything, Cam Newton is a is a product of of you know bad timing based on injuries and his own doing because he chose to be, I mean, a bit careless last year with the way that he, you know, with the way that he contracted COVID and then. Still this year, choosing not to be vaccinated and then going about his business as Cam Newton has done and putting the organization in a bad position, given that he could very well have edged out, I think, Mac Jones for that job. At least it was trending that way. And now he finds himself out on the street because he, I, don't think, I don't think they can, tr- I, I don't want to say they can't trust him to be a good backup. But Cam Newton's going to be the story sometimes as the backup. And I don't think that's something the New England Patriots would be prepared to suffer. Now, the Texans aren't expected to trade quarterback Deshaun Watson today, according to Ian Rappaport. And of course, Cam Wolf being down there in Miami, having just talked to Brian Flores, the Dolphins head coach today, gives further credence to that. Uh, I think, Lucas, I'm going to send you a tweet from Ian Rappaport that I'd like to get some context for for the audience, and that I'd like to play on the air because he's on NFL Network right now discussing the situation with why the Texans are not going to end up trading Deshaun Watson and ultimately what that means. I think that that would be important context for the audience. So now, as far as that situation is concerned, you're you're basically daring, if you're Deshaun Watson's camp, you're daring the NFL to put you on paid leave. So let's find out from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Good job out of you, Lucas, why Deshaun Watson is not getting traded and what exactly that means.
4: They are going to do nothing. My understanding, and this is something I've reported with my esteemed colleague over there, Tom Pelicero, is that the Texans are not expected to trade Deshaun Watson before today's 4 p.m. roster cutdown deadline, which means he is expected to be on their roster. What happens then? What happens next is really anyone's guess, Deshaun Watson, has vowed not to play for the Texans, but he is expected, barring some dramatic change, to be on their final or initial roster, I should say. And, of course, the Texans have been open to exploring potential trades for Deshaun Watson, who asked to be traded. There were some teams interested. There were some discussions. But nothing came to fruition. So this is where we are with Deshaun Watson not wanting to play for the Texans, with him being on the roster, with the NFL not planning to put him on the commissioner's exemplus. So after all of this, after months and months of talking, we are still literally in the exact same spot that we've been in for a very, very long time.
0: Well, not literally, because now, you know, Watson's under federal investigation. But so are the women who are accusing him. That's something that the FBI is looking into as well. So I, I don't know that I would say literally the exact same position, given that there is now an open federal investigation. into
1: the just, It's Texas just more complicated.
0: Oh, sure. It's, it's definitely complicated. Now, as Lucas has pointed out in his update, uh, there are a handful of players being placed on PUP, physically unable to perform, list right now. You saw Michael Thomas, the Saints wide receiver, Stephon Gilmore, the Patriots corner, who I know many people here wanted to trade for, and then David Bakhtiari, the left tackle for the Green Bay Packers, two of those teams that the Titans are going to see at some point in the regular season.
1: Marquez Callaway stock up
0: rising. I can't, I don't want to, well, there's, there's a pun to be made there, but I won't do it because it's almost <laughs> the end of the show and the polls are up next. Let's wrap this up, shall we? I was cackling. Well, it's not 3 o'clock in the morning. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. But I love this music. More of this, please. Maybe a little BB King flavor tomorrow. Poll questions here in just a minute. If you missed any of the show, it's very simple. You Go check it out. The Buck Rising Show. Your favorite podcast app. Cam Wolf was good. Blake Topmeyer was good. Alex Broom was good. But Lucas said, "Yeah, thought it'd been thought it'd been a good show today. Thought, thought we've done well." And I'm I'm just sitting here laughing to myself because it's because Lucas thinks we've had a good show today because he got 8 minutes in the middle of a segment to himself with a high school running back.
1: That's been a good show. Yeah, good show. Can't really put my finger on the main reason. It's just been one of those good ones. <laughs> I feel real good about.
0: Okay. Why why don't you start telling me when I'm having bad shows?
1: All right? <laughs> Yeah, going into the final segment. Yeah, today you've been pretty. You,
0: you've really okay, you sucked today. I honestly think that we should. Look, <laughs> I mean, we already do like an end, of – you know, a recap segment. We can models. rate the show. I would like. I would like to grade our performance on a regular basis, because like, inevitably, and and I feel like you can't even be a part of this equation because inevitably uh people favor you over me because i talk again i talk a hell of a lot more than you do so it's much easier to hate me than it is to hate you
1: people want what they can't have yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you want 3 hours a day <laughs> go ahead big boy <laughs> sign up for it even you see what my mentions look like
1: oh i do god
0: uh but yes it has been a good show i i feel like we have there's there's rare i don't know that there's been a day that i can pinpoint because I feel, I feel like if it was a really bad day, like those are the ones that scar you, right? Now, I'm sure the audience would push back and be like, yeah, you kind of sucked yesterday. I'd be like, yeah, you know, what are you going to do?
1: We could ask for ratings in the chat at the start of the final segment every day.
0: Do you want to do that? Because that's going to be a huge job. So. <laughs> One through ten. <laughs> uh, just the, the end of show report card? Yeah. I'm down for that. Uh, let's do polls. Oh Nelly, this is Keith Jackson talking about
1: college football. It's time to stop the count. The polls have closed, and the granddaddy of them all has been tallied with your poll update. oh Nelly, talking about Buck Rising show producer and daily correspondent, Lucas Panzika. Are you drafting unvaccinated players in fantasy this year? Oh, 61% say yes. I think we opened some eyes with this one, because uh, some people were like, oh, wait. Yeah, that's the thing. Our sure. teammate Christian Capozzi said, now going through my draft picks in my head after not considering this during my draft last night.
0: Aha! So now we will see who actually ends up being anti-vax and who's, who's yelling at the players. Hey, you better get vaccinated because if you miss, if you miss like the final weeks while I'm trying to make the playoffs in my league, you're dead to me. That's, the- <laughs> that's something that occurred to me yesterday because I have yeah. my first, I'm only do, I I don't do fantasy football for money. One, because I'm an NFL reporter and that feels like, you know, not ethical, but I do it with some people like in the league. So there can't be money involved. So our, our NFL fantasy, like our, our NFL, like friends draft is on Sunday and I'm going through this. I'm like, well, Hey, if, if so say Cam Newton was still the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, like, do I want Carson Wentz or, or Cam Newton? Two guys who I know are going to be unvaccinated and, like, going into this thing head first because they're probably going to miss some time.
1: Lamar Jackson?
0: Lamar Jackson, another one? Well, you probably take Lamar Jackson anyway. Um, Not that I I don't know anything about fantasy football. I barely remember to set my lineup on Sundays. I've auto-drafted every year that we've been in this league. Oh, the worst. Well, like, I mean, what am I? I'm busy on Sundays, okay? Forgive me. I'm sorry I'm working. (laughs) But everybody else manages to set their lineups except for me every time. Uh, Spencer Day says we get a 7.2 out of 10 today. All right, I'll, I'll take, take it. it. I'll take it. That's yeah. a pass. That's a pass.
1: Uh, V-Love says I drafted Cole Beasley with the Michael Scott, like, cringy. <laughs> <laughs> like, <ooh>. uh, oh, <laughs> you are what you hate, V. V. <laughs> Uh, Lance Smith of the Titans said, I draft a flat earther who stole money from his grandmother if he gets 20 touchdowns in 1,000 yards. Is there, is, is, does such a person exist in the NFL right now? A flat earther who steals money from his grandmother? Yeah. There's a lot of football players out there. It's probably just a numbers game. You could probably pick one out.
0: <laughs> oh, I, yeah. It's, you got to really think about it when you're doing your fantasy football drafts this year. Are you going to take an unvaccinated player if he ends up missing, you know, two games?
1: Speaking of unvaccinated players, Cam Newton as the Titans backup. Shut up! Don't even or do it. Thirty-seven percent say don't even. Thirty-five percent tell you to shut up. Twenty-eight percent of nearly eight hundred votes say do it.
0: 28 oh, percent of you are the worst. You really are. You're the, you're that meme with the, the the dude you know who who sees the who sees the butterfly. And the butterfly is the one thing that he can't have, and it's just the butterfly is the Titans or uh, any free agent quarterback with a name that gets released and the dude who's reaching out for it is the Titans fans. You guys, just let it go. You can can come to the realization that Logan Woodside may not actually be worse than Cam Newton at this stage in his career. I can't handle that.
1: Who would you rather have as your starting quarterback, Cam Newton or Carson Wentz? 56% pick Newton. This is like a choice between...
0: I want to be respectful here and what I was going to say was not respectful.
1: Well, if Carson Wentz is what we think he is, at least Cam Newton can do something. We know there is one thing he can do well.
0: What, run? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Wentz was the least, even with Cam Newton in the league, Wentz was the least accurate quarterback from a clean pocket in football in 2020. So maybe he's a little better. But again, until such time, I, I'm I feel like I'm certain people are tired of saying this. But uh, are tired of me saying this. But until such time as I see Carson Wentz not
1: suck, I'm gonna continue to think that he sucks. Who wins the SEC East? Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, or somebody else? Sixty four percent say Georgia. Seventeen percent Florida. Six percent Kentucky. Thirteen percent say other. Sean Ferguson says Bishop Sycamore.
0: I'm just I'm completely disregarded what you were saying because I'm reading Lapowski's comment on YouTube that says Cam can also type like a bleep hole that's what he
1: can do he did put out like a statement in that font yeah. on his instagram telling point, people not to worry about him
0: at what point does he yeah, that sounds like a lot of effort to type with the kind of font that it came seems through.
1: like so much effort
0: i mean i guess it's for like you know those people that would type their like that would take the time to type their words like upside down you know what i'm talking about or like when you're when you're making fun of somebody and you capitalize one letter yeah like lowercase the next yeah <laughs> like that's just it's just doesn't even feel like it's worth the payoff
1: <laughs> yeah well like for 25 likes or whatever you're going to get. Overwhelming majority have Georgia winning the East. All right, very good. Who wins the SEC West? Wild guess here. 86% say who? Yeah, Alabama. 6% say A&M, 4% say LSU, 4% say other.
0: I mean, listen, if Miami's going to have a chance in this game in week one, because they're, the, uh, they're playing at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, right? They're playing in Atlanta. Yeah. So I think that if you were ever going to just have a chance to get one over on Alabama or at least cover it would be in this first game because that whole team's new i mean the whole team is new it's crazy but you know bryce young is already making a million dollars in uh in nil money or close to it so what does it matter for him he's going to come out rich either way
1: i'll say this too i think will anderson might be the best edge rusher they've had in a while there under nick saban okay Um, that was your best uh, eli gold impression there too by the way alabama
0: no eli gold okay so eli gold is is one of these like old-timey play-by-play broadcasters but, like, he overexplains everything. And now I've just ruined any chance that we'll get Eli Gold on the radio show. But it's okay, because we're loaded tomorrow. So we, got, we don't got room anyway. Tomorrow, Will Compton, we will have Michael Felder, our buddy from Stadium, and the dumbest thing in sports this week. We'll also know who's on the Titans 53-man roster. And then we won't, because guys will come off COVID, and all these dudes will end up back out on the street again. Blaine and Mickey got you up next. See you tomorrow.